So this week it's Ivan. That's right, it's Ivan Blackstock, who's a multidisciplinary artist working across hip hop street culture. His initial practice was in dance, and we know him in that context at Sadler's Wells as a dancer who's come up through Breaking Convention, which is our hip hop theater arm, but then also has experienced things in the Lillian Bayless studio, which is our studio space, and then sort of blossomed into a choreographer, director, movement director, filmmaker. I mean, you put all the hats on Ivan Blackstock, and all of them will fit in some really interesting way. We wanted to talk to Ivan because not only is he making moves, in the creative sector as an artist with a very developing and interesting practice. Yeah. But he's also opening doors for a lot of other artists to find their voices and to find their way in. Another thing about Ivan is he started a number of different projects that are making a real difference in the hip hop and street culture scene today. So one of these is cross-platform. It's a platform as the name would imply, but there are nights where you have performances, there's a zine, there's all sorts of stuff that comes out that profiles street culture. So it's interdisciplinary. Super interdisciplinary, but then also brings in other elements. It brings in music, it brings in brands. So like Nike's been involved, it brings in performers, it brings in makers, it brings in painters. So these nights are like, they're, they're, they're like these really cool happenings. The most recent one I attended was in Peckham, where he's from. And you just get this sense where you move from room to room and you experience different things. And that's what he really does is he cross pollinates. He talks about it, cross pollinating lots of different art, bringing it together. But then also he's working on his own production at the moment called Trap Lord. And this is an investigation of black masculinity. And one of the key elements of this theatrical filmic production is also he's working with a bunch of young people, young up and coming artists, filmmakers who have gathered together for an eight week internship where they get to meet mentors with him and take classes and develop their skills so that they can follow almost in his footsteps in their own authentic ways. Didn't he work with Beyonce? (laughs) Yes, he did work with Beyonce. So he was the choreographer on Brown Skin Girl. And we talk a little bit about that as well. But I think throughout the whole conversation, what's really compelling about listening to Ivan and getting to speak to Ivan is that he's so thoughtful about the approach he takes and how he not only lives his life, but lives his practice as an artist, which is about being authentic, being true to himself, giving himself the space to listen, to learn, to develop, and through that, make meaningful choices and meaningful interventions that are really changing the face of dance and art in this country today. Wow, I can't wait to hear that. And, you know, it sounds like he does such a lot. So how does he how does he fit it all in? <laughs> He's a busy man. He's a very, very busy man. So I'm, I'm really pleased he made time for us. But at the same time, the way he fits it all in is it's part of a whole. It's Ivan Blackstock, multidisciplinary artist, and all these things he's doing are part of one holistic vision of what he's trying to make. And that's so inspiring, isn't it? Because actually, I speak to a lot of people who say, oh, I want to be this, but I'm also interested in that. And I think there is a real pressure, isn't there, to feel like you can have a job title that you articulate and people get it straight away. And actually, this sort of multi-hyphenate way of working is becoming so much more not only accepted, but possible and encouraged, in fact. And actually, all of those things inform each other and help you to be better as a whole. I think that's entirely right. In the episode, you'll also hear a question from a dancer at Artistry Youth Dance here in London who had a particular question for Ivan. 
For someone who's never been there, where'd you grow up? What does that place feel like? What does it look like? And how did you feel growing up? I grew up in South London. I grew up in a single parent household with my mum. You know, I used to live in um, Oaken Road and there was a lot of kind of a uh, national front people there and you know the way they used to treat people of color was horrible and I've seen it happen to my friends and luckily I managed to avoid you know having any of those confrontations but I see when someone has like a bloody head and you know people young kids dealing with stuff at home being having alcoholic mothers or whatever did I have that in my home no I uh, had a moment in my life where it was great until I had uh, a stepfather living with me and then things change. And also I think I was going through a change, a metamorphosis, understanding who I am as a young man, a teenager, masculinity. And there was a, a now a, a male figure in the home. You look at that as this is what masculinity means and this is how you navigate through that. I was always looking at both sides. So I was never always kind of fully convinced by this thing. I thought, okay, that's that. But then I see you, you have this inside of you. And sometimes you externally, they're like, ah, you know, they look like monsters. But inside, oh, I see that thing or vice versa. And that's why I think I floated around different groups of people from kind of the typical young boys on the block, you know, kind of trying to understand what life is, trying to fend for themselves, they're trying to make money for themselves. Entrepreneurship, street entrepreneurship, street language, you know, looking at other young men that were somewhat successful in what they're doing, if they was on Blue Peter, Nickelodeon, and uh, that looks quite interesting to me. Having male figures and, and female figures as well across the seas in America, I'm like, okay, this is what black excellence looks like. This is what we can do if we hold down into our art. It was at one point stepping outside my house, it looked like mayhem. Coming into my home, it felt like peace. And then at some point, home was, wasn't peace anymore. Outside was peace. And I think that's a natural sometimes transition of young people. I think the more I'm trying to get to is not trying to be a victim of certain circumstances. I'm trying to find a way into, if I am expressing it or talking about it, to find a way to communicate it that is not harmful for the other person. And I think the, the, the safest way is doing that through art. I try to keep that thing for myself and give you a piece of it. And you say you do that through your art? I do that through my art. And what I'm trying to do is this art thing, trying to put it into who I am, the way I dress, the way I talk, the way I do things, the way I do my business. That's, um, I think, the next level of dance. If you, okay, you can be a dancer, but how can you be it, <laughs> you know? That's what I'm trying to, to do. It's a hard one to explain because it's, I feel that the real true art is something you can't explain it. We can put structures and things inside of it, and even what goes deeper is we are unexplainable. We're trying to explain ourselves all the time. Mm. And we let us allow us to just figure it out because we can only figure it out. So that's where I'm trying to cultivate. I don't understand what it is. Same as that choreographer I saw here, Lillian Bayless. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm learning to just not put all that pressure on myself. 
because that's the internal thing, because that's what it is. Imposter syndrome, I'm not good enough. Da, 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 da. You know, I failed all my GCSEs. I come from this place. Da, 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 da. I'm black. I'm a male. You know, and, you know, all of these things. I'm a dancer. I'm not getting paid enough. And, da, da, da. and some people, we forget how to dream and we're just not creating anything. <laughs> we're just doing, copying these patterns out here, but you haven't created your own pattern or reprogrammed yourself, you know? Because we have all the answers here. You know, and that's where, for me, when I was trying to go in, I was like, oh, I'm not just a black boy from South London. I'm not just a, you know, a dancer or a choreographer. I'm not just, I'm just, I have feelings and ideas and I manifest them. It's really inspiring to hear you say that because I think it, we all feel like imposters at different yeah. times. I certainly do. And I think hearing you go, you know, I don't know what I'm doing all the time, but I'm going to try it and I'm going to trust the vibes is really powerful. But then also when I hear you speak and when, when you talk about yourself, it, you, you know, a lot of people go, I'm a choreographer. Mm-hmm. You're a man of many hats and you describe yourself yeah. as a man of many hats. Can you, can you talk me through the hats? What are, how would you describe what you do? My journey has been, kid, I want to be everything. Ah, <laughs> you know, oh, oh, I want to be a rapper, music, big artist, stage, you know, crowd. Then it was like, actually, dance is the thing that I, I really enjoy. I get this response. Then you go into conservatoires, joining dance groups. Oh, let's make some money. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. And then you kind of see yourself positioning behind an artist or doing on this stage. And then you're like, oh, but dancers don't really get paid that much over here or they don't feel respected over here or valued. So maybe if I leveled up to be a choreographer, people will look at me different and I can say, no, I want this. Then you do them the same journey and you put, put pieces here and you're like, oh. So choreographers still at the back and they're not really paying the choreographers that much. And actually the, maybe the, the director or artistic director. So that was the journey I've, I've been on. If I really think about it, there was a few things. Leverage. How can I get people to see that I believe in myself? I think my stuff is, if we say lit, you know, it's fire. So I felt like I had to put my voice in these different areas. So yes, I was doing the dancing thing, but I did throw like seeds over here and try these different things, put on charity events, parties, art curation here, dabbled in fashion, learning to build relationships, hold on to relationships, not even feel like it's business, just having a drink. And then I think you plant those seeds and you nurture relationships and you can nurture ideas through a collective. And those things birth into another event or um, some funding or some sort of opportunity. And actually the way it kind of grew is uh, now I'm all of those things. I'm a dancer, choreographer, artist, director, curator, mentor. But it's also because I enjoy it. I love teaching people. You know, I, I, I love uh, sharing because for so long, up until like nearly I was 30, I thought I was just slow and I didn't know anything. You know, I felt all my schooling, you know, um, because I felt that there were systems in place that couldn't understand how I expressed myself, my art. The way I've gotten certain things because um, I try to build relationships, you know, does all the relationships work? Nah, it doesn't, you know, because we're different people. We have different experiences. We like different things and that's OK. Learning to let it go, you know, but you will find your tribe you know, and I think part of it is also I spin many plates because I was trying to find my tribe. I didn't feel like dancers kind of got how I was dreaming and how I was thinking. 
Hello, my name is Amari with Martin, and my question for you is: What are your top tips for networking? Sometimes investigating yourself, and sometimes you just you're sitting there just waiting. I think it's sometimes being brave enough to make the first move. That's how some of the connections have happened. You know, the first move is just expressing you're interested in somebody's work, what they're yeah, thinking about, just like, the vibe. Like I think you know, there's a beautiful thing with the internet and social media because you can just message someone on Clubhouse and speak to the director of this thing or this artist or Instagram. And I don't think people do that enough. There's a lot of stuff I don't know. And sometimes I have to humble myself and just keep my mouth shut and like, you know it, I don't know it. Or you have these codes, I have these codes. Let's build a bridge or let's find a way to exchange. And that's what it is. I think it's, it's a lot more on exchange I go for. Uh, some exchanges I don't need, so I don't go out and search or entertain it. So I'm trying to feed an inner space for me. You know, this is where if I nourish this, then everything else feels great. <laughs> when I don't nourish that and I do it for something else, then it feels off. You know, or I know that I shouldn't have done that thing or done that job or why did I, that person said, don't vibe with this person. I went to go there and then, you know, they've cancelled on me and then, or they've taken this part of money. And I've been hurt, if I think about it, through, you know, in a sense, hurt through certain relationships I thought I was cultivating. I might not say it's a good thing if, I, uh, if I'm feeling very emotional at some point, but today I'm feeling all right. It's, it's, it's a good thing. Now where I'm at in my work, it's harder to do sometimes things on the grounds as much, you know, because there is a lot of admin spending phone calls, going here, da, 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 doing this thing. But I can activate these other people, it trickles down, you know, um, and help people even just hold the door open. And that's one thing I've learned is like, even with this tribe thing, sometimes you feel that, oh yeah, they'll come through this door. And they're just looking at the door and not coming through it, you know? So is it about a tribe? Yeah, but I think that tribe sometimes comes and goes also. They should be building their own village themselves, their own empire. So it's about giving you how to fish and not just giving you a fish, that kind of concept. Ideally, you know, we can exchange. If I don't, don't have any fish, you can give me some fish, you know? <laughs> How would you describe your training or your skills development coming up to become the number of different things you are? What did you do or what experiences did you have that built you to be where you are? Some people have pushed me. I didn't want it. You have to fill out this funding application. I don't do it. Well, if we don't fill out the funding application, we're not getting funded. Cool. I need to write this out. Finding other ways in doing that, you know, and allowing yourself to like, okay, maybe I'm not the best at writing stuff, but maybe if I say it over a dictaphone or something or something that transcribes it, maybe that could be a step. Diving deeper into my interests, I stay actually quite very much in my world. And that is culture, you know, emerging culture, new ideas. So I try to find new ideas in tech, in dance, in film, in anything. So when it comes to training and schooling, I even just calculating numbers, I always kind of went around the block. The way I used to speak, I used to stutter a lot when I was a kid. So I had to find my own system of how I speak. I procrastinate and watch really interesting educational stuff. Um, YouTube has been my school. 
Instagram, social media has been my school. This person looks interesting. Who's their friends? Da-da-da-da. I just go into these portals and learn what I want to learn. So I stay in that world, try to do my training and education through that way. When I give myself time to process, I realize, oh, I've unlocked something, you know. Okay, so there's the Da Vinci Vitruvian Man, and how does it relate to b-boying? Okay, so b-boying, we have our, we call it our tops, our top rock, our dance. Then you have the floor work, then you also have, you know, midair. Okay, that's interesting of where things are aligned in space. Okay, so we also can take this shape and go upside down. Okay, we can also go here on our side. Also, if we, we can spin on this axis here and it's still connected to this thing. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, what about if I retracted that shape or made that shape smaller, make it bigger? How about what does it look like if I put it from this point here to this point over here, you know? So that's how I kind of, uh, I play. I kind of uh, like to look at all things I do from different angles. It sounds like you describe your training as curiosity takes you down a rabbit hole to then bring it back to further develop or understand what it means for you to be informed by that thing. Yeah, it is very much like that. And I think that's, it's very much uh, both, both places. You know, this internal space has so much information, but out here, connection has so much, you know, and I think it is this kind of weird looping thing of information. For a very long time, as I said, I thought I wasn't good enough. Stupid, I all my GCSEs. When I have people around me, that energy that passes, like, you're, you're great, you know, you're dope. Oh, thank you. I have to hold on to that because that keeps me going, you know, but sometimes I have amnesia and I forget, oh, I'm, I'm not good enough. Why have I got this job? Why have I got this position? Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, it's like, oh, you remember when you did that thing? You did it like this. Oh, yeah. But I think it's like, yeah, reprogramming myself, having my own system in place that reminds me, like we have show Bibles when we make shows. So if we forget, we go back to this point, you know, continuity things in film. So it's just like, how can you make it continuous? You know, this practice, this yoga. That's that, yeah, that's what someone said to me. Who said you can't do that? Oh, yeah. Me? I think a lot of people would think the way you come up as a choreographer, as an artist, is there are certain systems in place yeah. and you kind of become an associate artist at an organization or mm. you get commissioned by this place. And you describe yourself as working, you do work in those spaces, but you've also created, you found the right dance partner for you or you vibed outside of those spaces. Can you talk about how you made those things happen? How you set up systems outside of the systems as they are? Make an idea and start to formalize it. I had an associateship in late 2014 to 2015. I left that associateship. And the next journey was creating a platform called Cross Platform. And at the time, it was showcasing new directions, new approaches to street culture. Because uh, for me, it was very clear that this is where we're going. Film, fashion, music, art, technology, hip-hop is very much there. But also... It was, with that platform, it was trying to show the spectrum of how people create work and what spaces they're in. So we had artists that were working from their bedroom 
doing stuff from that level to people who are working with Koji Radical or Beyonce or Kendrick Lamar. One of the struggles was for me is uh, I didn't feel people believed in my ideas. So I was just like, you know what, you guys keep it over here. I'm going to build something here. I'm just going to plant this thing and you can come and see it if you want to. You are invited. It became cross-platform and we collaborated with, you know, Nike, Red Bull, uh, Greenwich Peninsula, South Bank Centre. What I was doing, I hope very well, is uh, giving artists a voice. Other artists, not just me. It, gave, it became less selfish. Now, it came from many different journeys of doing house parties, you know, just cultivating people in a room and just catching the vibe to putting on charitable events. I had an event called um, Poverty Kicks and it was a dance workshop that lasted for two days and we had different choreographers from Kenrick Sandy to Mamson from Wanted Posse that performed the Breaking Convention. It was three pounds, donated pair of trainers, and you get in a masterclass from, you know, these amazing choreographers. And then all the proceeds would go to a nominated charity. And people saw what I was doing in the community. So I think that's part of it. It's like out of sight, out of mind, isn't it? So if you, people ain't seen you, what you're doing, how are people going to know? So it's also, yeah, just allowing people, inviting people in. So I allowed people in the space. So even to this day, I tell people what I'm doing, if I'm allowed to, if I'm signed an NDA or anything like that. But I was like, this is what I'm doing because I put it into your head and you, it might not happen now, it might happen in five years' time, but at least you know what I'm on. Mm. Traplord, project about masculinity, as you describe it. You're bringing together a collective of mm -hmm. creatives. Yeah. And you're creating space for mm -hmm. them and, or, or enabling them to find their own space. I'd be curious to hear how you describe what that is, but also how you think that represents things that you wish you had or things that really worked for you when you were coming up. Yeah. So I was part of a dance company called Bird Gang Dance Company. And I left uh, in 2015 when I decided to make Cross Platform and Trap Lord. And I found it difficult. Because I was in so used to, it was, you know, it was 10 years working with a team, choreographing, making ideas. And then it was just like, okay, now you're by yourself. I was like, ooh, yeah, but this is what you do. You do it by yourself, independent, da, 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 da. And it's like, oh, you can't do this by yourself. This is crazy. <laughs> Who's been saying this nonsense, you know? And yes, there is still that level. You have to do it by yourself and make that choice. But I think over time, that's what I was signed to wanting to do is cultivate a tribe. It was about having this interesting hive mind, this interesting think tank on ideas. So the, the way I've learned is I need them in that space. I need to have these dialogues. I need to have that energy. This person studied classical music, but he knows how to really execute hip hop beats very well. Why is that? Because he has a level of understanding in structure and this level, but, oh, but he hasn't got this thing in how he puts music together because he hasn't come from that part of the culture. So having these culture, different types of cultures and minds is I think this is the way the internet works, isn't it? So I think it's like, how can I create a, an online space of that and an offline space of that? So having even what I'm doing now, this kind of eight week incubation period, I've taken a collective of artists and creatives 
into my production company, Ultraviolet, and we're incubating them for eight weeks. And we've got different workshop guests that's going to be upskilling them in marketing and communications, production, cinematography. So then they know how to present their work interestingly and how to get funding and how to pitch for it in a digital space. We need authentic stories. And especially the young people I've brought in, you know, they come from many different backgrounds from, you know, some, they're all black uh, creatives, but some of them have been based in Wales and, and lived and grew up in Dublin. And it's been interesting of hearing that black experience in those parts of, you know, the UK. And, you know, at first it was just males because the work is very talking, looking at masculinity. But having the conversation with someone who submitted is like, we women deal with masculinity too. And that was like, oh, I need to open this up. What am I doing? You know, so sometimes you, you, um, you know, you might think, okay, this is great. This is it like this. And then you realize, oh, it's, it's, it needs to be a lot more open, open source. So yeah, having these different points of view and people who were just maybe, um, cisgendered straight, having this point of view. And that was very much a, a, a focus early doors because that's, you know, I'm a straight male and it was very much looking through that lens, but, Actually, I need this point of view because actually I do want my work to resonate with other people and different types of people. You're bringing these people together and you talk about it as I need to bring them to get together to inform me, to inform the work. What are you hoping they're getting out of it for their development in ways that you talked about? It's an exchange. What is the exchange for them? Do you think? What are they getting? For some of the young people, some of them have been trying to look for access into certain, you know, spaces and you know, how do I speak to Sadler's Wells? You know, sometimes, you know, we might be inviting inside, but people who are looking from outside is like, whoa, you know, so I can be that bridge. I have a certain experience that I've gone through and I believe that I'm living proof of that it's possible because the more they come into the space, the more I open up because I think that's what we need to do, open up and be a flower. So that's what happens. It's like, okay, so this is the code. This is how I've done it. So I can only give you a bite size of how I think and how I went about it and the journeys, yeah, and things I had to overcome. Certain things that we need, we need the energy of money sometimes to activate things. I've got an idea. I can activate this idea with a grand or I can activate it with a hundred thousand, you know? And... Um, giving people those codes, you know, me sharing some of that money with them is a thing, you know? So yeah, it's very much an exchange in a sense of, uh, these are the things that we set out, but when you go down that road, you realize, oh, there's more stuff that we're sharing. I want to go from this project of masculinities to a Mm. project you did recently, all about femininity. Mm. Well, a lot about femininity, Mm. at least. Beyonce. Yeah. Of course, we're going to talk about Beyonce. <laughs> a lot of people would look at you and be like, of course, Ivan Blackstock's choreographing Brown Skin Girl for Beyonce. Mm. I, don't, I don't think it's as apparent as that necessarily. No. How did that come to be? I would say I've been in the hip hop dance scene since I was eight. I had my first commercial job at 16, first tour at 19. Even though these, I'm saying these things, I've got uh, a commission I've done Beyonce it doesn't mean it was back to back you know I have certain dancers 
who I've hired is like, you know, you've choreographed more commercial jobs than me. You know, you've danced on more jobs than me. You've danced with Janet, you've danced with this person. I've only danced with this, 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 this. But I think what got me to that point is staying true to my artistic voice and expression because that's what they really want. And I was speaking to my, um, my partner today, my fiance, and she, she works in cabaret and stuff like that. But within that world, it's like they will pay you for your thing. You know, and usually sometimes when you see these Vegas shows or whatever, certainly the dancers are getting paid blur. But the person that has that speciality act, they're paying them bucks. You know, you have, they have that moment. So I think it's like cultivating your thing, you know, and believing what that is and dreaming of what that could become. Not that, oh yeah, I just want it to, again, just be on this stage or be a most, even for me, I want to be a resident artist, associate artist somewhere. Now uh, it's bigger than that. And allowing yourself to graduate to that next step. I want to create the next MTV, why not? I want dance to be as big as music and getting paid or blown up. I want to change how people perceive breaking, for instance, in education. I wonder, you know, we can dream those things because everything that we're doing now, that house, that, that shoe, everything is a Living dream. In a dream state and manifesting it. Yeah. I love that. There's a lot out there about you making the work, you collaborating with people. One of the questions we've had submitted is really about how do you work in that really commercial, fast-paced environment, manage all the things that are happening and still stay true to an artistic vision? You don't have to change what you do in that space. And I think that's what people think they have to do. I did it for many years until I had people around me and said, just do you. I had training from running a dance company, being a dancer. That's a, the amazing thing with being a dancer. And I think that's what music artists don't get and uh, certain photographers or whatever, because we are most of the time, especially from the hip hop culture, making the music, doing the lights choreographing the thing, people management, budget. So you're doing everything already. So when you are in certain spaces, it is like, oh, this is what I do, you know? And um, if I'm being honest, it doesn't change. If you get, um, we say, gassed up <laughs> and be like, oh my God, you might lose your grounding. Because you kind of start to fly up. Oh, yeah, I'm doing this job. And then it's like, uh, it feels like something like Willy Wonka, maybe. I don't know if there is something like that. But it's just flying up. and like, ah, I'm huge. But it's just like, for me, it felt the same. It felt the same as I, when I'm approaching Trap Lord or approaching any work, because I know what I'm giving, you know, and I stay in that space. Yes, there is the people like, okay, uh, we have a costume malfunction. You have 15 minutes to reset this whole choreography. Da, 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 in the work and doing that thing. Then you just like, okay, just do it. Deep breath. Deep breath. Because again, in certain places, there is no choice. No, I don't feel like doing resetting the choreography. In certain places, you can't do that or you lose or you just have to be accept that, okay, I've lost the job. So there is, um, a level of sometimes jumping in the fire or being pushed in the fire and you just have to deal with it, you know? So that's part of it. Sometimes you have to jump in the fire to find out what happens on the other side, you mm -hmm. know? 
So that was fascinating to listen to. I, I mean, I can't wait to see Trap Lord when it's out later in the year, hopefully, maybe. Promises to be really spectacular, like a yeah. moving evening of theatre. One of the things which stood out for me is about this idea of progression. And I think this is true for all kinds of industries, people, wherever you are. Careers in general. Careers in general. It's this kind of, I climb to the top of a mountain and I get to the top and then I see, oh no, there's another peak over there I want Mm -hmm. to go climb. Mm -hmm. And he spoke about, I was a good dancer, so that led to me having dance as my thing. So then I was, you know, at the conservatoire and then I was a dancer that wanted to make money. So then I went into more of a commercial dance context and then I wanted to level up more and be the choreographer. And now he wants to be the next MTV. Exactly. And it's, (laughs) it's true. For, for so many people who, when you're working towards a goal, as soon as you get there, sometimes you don't even notice that you've got there because you're already thinking about the next one. Mm. And at the other end of that, he talks about enormous moments of self-doubt. Yeah, an imposter syndrome at every stage. And how you build a tribe, how you build people who support you, who have your back, who understand what you're about and can make you go, yes, you can do this thing that you talked about. And now that you've reached this mountain, as you describe it, Phoebe... I'm going to support you get to the next. And so practically, though, I mean, his tribe is everyone from his production company to his collaborators or... To his mum. Yeah. To his mates, right? And I think that's the thing is you've got... When he talks about his tribe or your village or your empire, as it were, Mm. it's basically folks that you can create opportunities for through employment. Mm -hmm. You know, your collaborators who might be filmmakers, lighting designers, set designers, costume designers, producers, right? That's your sort of professional tribe that might be with you with your company, but also could be with you project by project. One of the things I loved about the conversation was this notion of YouTube is my school, social media is my school. And what we might describe as being like in this black hole of like gymnastics videos, actually where he's spending his time is looking up artists that he's super interested in or yeah. who, who he thinks inspires him or inform his work. And then he goes into what he calls these portals, right? Where he's like in these spaces, checking out these artists, following that where it might lead and then bringing it back to inform himself. It's this constant development, constant training, constant questioning that informs why he's such a good artist. So clearly, you know, the Beyonce anecdote would always stood out. And the bit that I really liked is this idea of you don't have to change what you do if you're in the commercial space. And really what that's about is actually as an artist or even as any, anyone really, you've got to be authentic to yourself and have a true have a true north that you stick to. And I think that's absolutely true that Ivan would be the same on the brown skin girl set working with Beyonce to working on Trap Lord with artists who are his collaborators to having a conversation with me. And that authenticity is what draws people to him as an artist going, I get who you are. I get what you're about. And I'm interested. That said, he knows what he's not good at finds opportunities to develop the skills he needs to push things in different ways and invents new ways to make things happen. He's not expecting the existing systems to just be like, yep, it'll all work. Instead, he's inventing those systems, building the teams of people to get behind them and then going, I'm going to be really flexible in my approach because on one day it might be a music video and on the next day it might be an exhibition in a gallery. So if there's any part of you that has any imposter syndrome, you should be reaching out to those people who make you feel that way and and saying, well, how are you managing to do that? And do you know an accountant that could help me? Or, you know, any of those things. And some of them will be extremely practical and some of them will take time. Yeah, and I think that's the most clear takeaway from Ivan. Reach out to people and ask for help because more often than not, they'll say yes. 
So I want to thank Ivan for joining me and for having this really deep conversation that felt meaningful and authentic and had so many little takeaways and big takeaways for me and hopefully for you listening. And you'll find links to some of the organizations that Ivan's mentioned as well in the show notes. And some of those really great artists as well. Arts Work is brought to you by Sadler's Wells in association with Barclays Dance Pass. Your hosts are Ankur Bahel and Phoebe Reith. The producer is Hester Camp, and the series is mixed by Paul Brogdon. So if you know someone who you think would really enjoy this, perhaps they want to work across lots of different art forms, send it on to them. Drop it in a DM to them with a question about how they got to where they are today. If there was a part of this you really enjoyed, please tweet us at Sadler's Wells. Tell us what you think. Until next time.